0: Finals go to lead off jam session on his famous theme number, Flying Home. Dear Grandpa, hi. It's been a while since we've talked. Like, a really long time. In fact, I don't think I've actually written a letter to you at all. It's going on 20 years since you've been gone. 20 years... 20 years. God. There are days it still feels like only yesterday. Only yesterday that I was half the size I am now. Sitting in the library and reading Pokemon graphic novels. And I see mom walk in with her sunglasses and whispering to Dana the news I'd already figured out. A lot has happened, and admittedly, I haven't spoken to you for the longest time, because you are actually here. Conversations are always meant to be two-sided. You want to hear the other person reply. You want to hear their voice, their advice, their opinions. Their input. Otherwise, it's just a monologue and you can't reply. I also didn't visit you or um, say much because for the longest time I was ashamed of the person I'd become. I wanted to be someone that you would be proud of. You always had such high hopes for me, and throughout the years, it just felt like I had dashed all of them. I remember you smiling, I remember you looking at me with pride. I don't ever want to think of your face contorted in disappointment but a lot has happened and I want to tell you all about it finally because I'm here I am going to be 30 years old and I want you to get to know the woman I've grown into today so first things first a little bit about who I have grown into. I've always studied stuff because I like when things can be explained. I like when things have a definitive ending. Every story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Every TV show has its end. Every movie has its runtime. Whatever noise causing that mysterious hollow echo in the walls has to be a heating issue and not necessarily a ghost, right? <laughs> I like when things are definitive. Then I can pinpoint them, I can explain them. If it's an issue with a tangible and explainable solution, then I see it also as something I can conquer and overcome. I remember looking up the five stages of grief when I was in high school. It was every time I would hurt, every time I would feel sad. I figured it had to end eventually, right? The five stages of grief. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. I have to admit, Grandpa, the site I read it from was already pretty dated. After acceptance, the wound would heal, I remember it said. It would be easier to deal with, and eventually you would be happy again, or so I thought. I don't know who said that, but wow, is that a load of bull. The five stages of grief don't happen in a linear fashion. Sometimes it's denial into depression, bargaining back to anger, anger into acceptance. Sometimes on the worst days, it all happens at the same time. Grief is not linear, sadness is not linear, life is not linear, and this is the hardest lesson I have ever had to learn. I'm still learning it, and there are days that I still end up searching for a definitive ending. I'm great at endings, Grandpa. I watch the Star Wars movies backwards for crying out loud. (laughs) I sometimes write stories ending first and work backwards from there. I like endings. Endings are great. Endings are definitive. And concrete. Now, I think what I'm not good at are goodbyes. I don't think goodbyes and endings are always the same thing. Not usually. I hate goodbyes. They're so final. There really is no going back. It's not like watching the end of Return of the Jedi and knowing that you can just rewind it and start watching it from the beginning again. No. Goodbyes are something else. A whole other entity. And when you don't get to say them, it's even worse. I didn't get to say goodbye to you. I'm I'm not angry about it. I was ten. I was in school. I just wish I could go back in time just to say it. I remember when we used to visit you in hospice. You always had the ANC channel on TV, and one day we sat and watched Chinatown with Jack Nicholson and Faye Dunaway. I didn't like it, honestly. Sorry. I thought it was weird. Your mind wasn't as sharp as it used to be, but you did catch on to most of the movie. Movies always were your favorite thing. You'll be happy to know it became one of my favorite things too. Seriously, you would love the Marvel movies right now. Seriously, they have their own studio now and Disney is basically bankrolling them. That is great. I, I think the Captain America films would have been your absolute favorite. I, I vaguely remember us watching the old serial you had with him. But I think you would really like how Chris Evans played Steve Rogers in the movies. It's fantastic. The Winter Soldier? Straight up Manchurian Candidate. I think you would have loved it. it was, it's my favorite. Uh, it took me a while to get to where I am now. I spent so many years constantly looking back, that I forgot to look ahead of me, and I actually tripped on my own two feet. So, in that case, let me explain why I look so dusty. So um, after you passed away, I found a lot of things much harder to cope with. I graduated fifth grade. And it was only after they showed the pictures of us throughout the years that I, at 10 years old, realized I was not ready for middle school just yet. I wasn't ready to grow up. I wanted to be 10 forever. I wanted to hold on to as much as I could. But in life, You don't get to decide when you're ready. So, off to middle school I went. Whether I liked it or not. Me, John, and Steph were in separate classrooms come 6th grade. And I was super shy, so it was hard to make new friends. I didn't like a lot of my new teachers, honestly. I maybe only liked one at the time, And a second teacher, later on, Mr. Lemon, yes, his name was Mr. Lemon, was the first teacher I instantly liked. He taught us English and reading. He was cool. I I liked him. He was was nice. And the second teacher, um, a little bit of an acquired taste, but her name was Miss Rotsamore. I believe, I don't know if she was Russian or Ukrainian. I'm like, not very good at pinpointing accents, but her accent was very heavy. And she taught math. <laughs> she is honestly a story for another letter. She was a total rock star. Probably one of the best teachers I had. Oh, and a boy developed a crush on me. I didn't really see him like that. And he didn't take that well and he bullied me the next two years of middle school that was not pretty it was a little awkward I I wasn't really into boys like that at least not yet you'll be happy to know that took a significantly long time for me to you know get the memo on that I also developed faster than my fellow female classmates. I I didn't like the attention I got from boys despite hanging out with them more as they liked the same things I did. Anime, movies, TV shows. It was a weird time. I liked being one of the boys. But I didn't like the attention I got. It reminded me that I was a girl. And back then, I'll admit it, I had some internalized misogyny, and I always used to hate it. And I'd take it out on the other girls. I was always envious and rude. Um, It was not pleasant. They were all just so much prettier than me. Some even wore makeup. I didn't know how to put on makeup. Spoiler, I still don't. Not really. And my hair at the time was always frizzy and in a ponytail. Some kids actually called me Squirrel because of how bushy my ponytail was. I feel like you might have laughed at that one a little bit. Maybe, maybe not in front of me, but maybe to yourself. I mean, just picture it. A little bushy-tailed 11-year-old. Very, very, very frizzy hair, And a white polo. Because they asked us to wear white polos. It was like a weird uniform thing. It didn't last. You'll be happy to know they kind of just... Wet lacks within an eighth grade. Anyway, above all, I think the most hurtful thing, most painful thing, was that at that age, at just 10, 11 years old, I had all this sadness and all this loneliness and you weren't around to help me get past it. Even though I had a great circle of friends before you passed away, and I wasn't necessarily sad or or anything like that, there were still times that I would feel incredibly lonely. You were always there to make me soup from scratch. You were always there to watch Pokemon with me. Even though you might have been confused by some of it. You always put on an old movie or an old cereal you thought I'd like. I didn't know how to be without you and I did not take that well none of us did Yvonne took it super hard Yvonne took it really hard when he passed away she actually broke down at work one day thankfully her job was always very understanding and a co-worker and friend helped her cope I think mom also took it really hard I think the reason Yvonne and I could not really deal with it was because you were the closest thing to a dad we really had. I don't even call my dad, well, dad, because he isn't a dad to me. He never was. I, I don't remember much about him. I don't think anybody wants me to. But, I don't remember feeling much of a bond with him to begin with, even when he was around. I guess because of this, I have this weird kind of interpretation of what a father is in my head. To me, a father was not really like the one I got. He was more like you. Kind. Patient. Patient. Compassionate, protective, and steadfast. Maybe a little stubborn. But ultimately, he always wanted what was best for his children. But um, I digress. It it all kinda hit the fan when you passed. Remember John and Steph? My old friends, the ones I mentioned earlier? Yeah our friendship dissolved in the 7th grade. It was over something so stupid, so silly too. I miss them. To be honest, I, I really do. I miss the days where we'd always talk and play at lunch. We'd talk about our shows, our video games. We'd pretend we were Sonic the Hedgehog and his friends. Or Ash Ketchum and his friends at the Pokemon League, we used to run from the creepy, abandoned house blocks away from John's house, and we'd look at the water and imagine where we'd go in the future. Again, it, it was so stupid why we not why we stopped being friends. It, it was my fault, honestly. I didn't know how to be without you, and I lashed out, I lashed out at the wrong people. I kind of became a bully, honestly. Okay, I I don't condone or support bullying, and I know that's rich, especially after I said I've been bullied. I can understand that. It's not necessarily... anything bad, I mean it is bad, it's, it's terrible, I don't condone or support bullying, it's not because they're wicked people, they're bad people, they feel helpless somewhere, they feel a loss of control, nothing makes sense in their chaotic lives, I certainly felt a loss of control. Nothing made sense anymore. Obviously it doesn't excuse bullying. And I look back, and I frown at a young me's very cruel behavior. I'm sorry about that, Grandpa. You never would have approved of me lashing out so cruelly, and I have lost meaningful friends. I think the treatment of Anam was precisely why I ended up repurposing all that anger that I had inside. See, Anam was a nice girl. Smart, funny, supportive. She always defended me whenever my rejected crush bullied me. She tried to help me when I struggled with math. Above all, I liked learning about her religion. Anam was, and I believe she still is, a practicing Muslim. She was very open with her religion, explained a lot of customs to me when I didn't understand certain things. I never encountered someone so different from me. But at the same time, she, she was great! She was awesome! She liked anime, she liked Pokemon, she liked writing funny stories and making funny jokes. But in a world post 9-11, she was a constant target of bullying, of harassment, and you know, kids can be cruel. Kids can be really cruel. I remember one day we waited for our parents to pick us up after school. It was always me, a and another girl named Carrie, who always waited for her aunt to pick her up because I think her her mom worked till the evening. I think her mom worked full time. Um, Sometimes a mom's older sister um, would stay and wait with us. Her sister was two years older than us. Anyway, Anam really liked Carrie's aunt's car. It was an old car, but I think Anam, I I don't remember, I think she liked the color of it, she thought it was really pretty. Sadly, Carrie's aunt didn't like Anam looking at her car. I remember her aunt screaming to get the F away from her car and then she called Anam, an eleven-year-old girl, a terrorist. Anam's older sister had heard at that point and did not tolerate it and yelled back at a grown adult to defend her sister. Carrie meekly hid behind her aunt and honestly I just stood appalled at what I'd just seen. The three of us were friends. How could Carrie stand idly by, and how could Anam, that a child, be so blatantly mistreated by a full-grown adult? In hindsight, I really wish I did say something. I stood quiet, I was too stunned, I was too shocked. I'd never seen blatant, blatant discrimination, blatant cruelty. It, it really, it sucked. Carrie's aunt must have complained to the school because the next day, the principal pulled a knob out of our class, and placed her in the different class. And just like that, the only real friend I had in that really large classroom, I think 25 to 28 kids, was gone. I was angry. I was really angry because it wasn't fair. Anam had done nothing wrong. In my eyes, at that time, it was Carrie and her ignorant aunt that ruined everything. Yes, what I did. I lashed out. <laughs> I lashed out. I remember lashing out at Carrie, telling everyone, the small group I did have, not to sit with her at lunch, because I straight up said she was a racist and a terrible friend. In reality, I was mad at her for not defending enough. Carrie, of course, complained to the principal about me, because I got really, really mean and exclusive. And when I say exclusive, I mean excluding her from a lot of things, straight up. Throwing my bag on her seat and saying, "You cannot sit here. You have to sit somewhere else." It, it was bad. It was really bad. So, she complained to the principal about me, and I remember I I was, oh, I was a handful then too. I remember pushing back, telling the principal as defensively as possible, "You're not going to take me out of this class. My grades are better than hers." If you take me out, I know what the problem is. Eleven to twelve years old, I was. I was a sassy, you know. I was getting. I was, I was honestly, if Mom had seen me act like that, she would be very angry with me. Um, the principal actually mediated between us. And Carrie and I did make peace. And we ended up being civil. I still wish she had defended her mom. But ever since then, I can never stay silent about any kind of unfair treatment. I stopped bullying after that. Sure, I, I did. It wasn't getting me anywhere and I know that. I stopped bullying, but I would not be quiet if I witnessed bullying or anything unfair. I fought back when a teacher bullied a new friend I'd made named Victoria, saying that she wasn't very smart. I remember reporting that teacher. Victoria told me not to. Oh, bless her heart. She, she never liked confrontation, but who does? You know she was 12 and she didn't know. It. she didn't even like that. She's like, the teacher's gonna yell at me. Yeah. I didn't care. She got reported to the principal and actually ended up in sensitivity training. So I, I guess progress was made because she actually did apologize to Victoria. And Victoria actually did much better in that class. I think it was helpful to, to kind of use that, at least, at least in my eyes, what I thought was a productive one. I figured at the time, instead of being sad, I'll get mad. Instead of crying, I'd fight back. I'd get even. I would take control, and I would never lose control again. And what better? I, I figured, what better than using that anger for something good, for helping others? Or at least I tried to use it for good. This is just the beginning, like, trust me. <laughs> what a thing to learn at the age of 12. It wasn't refined, however, until... I don't know, high school, maybe even after. That's another letter for another time though. I miss you every day, Grandpa. It was hard deciding on what to do for a final project. But I think talking to you is the best possible thing I can do. I wish you could respond. I wish I could. Sit next to you and watch Daredevils of the Red Circle once again. I wish you could give me insight. I wish you could somehow tell me I'm doing the right thing. I really wish you could meet the man in my life. Again, another letter for another time. But you'd like him, I think. He's wonderful. He makes me so very happy. I promise I'll write, story. I love you. And I hope wherever you are, you're doing okay. Love well, always, your lovely youngest granddaughter. <laughs>